You're listening to MHD Off The Record. On this episode, we are speaking with Denise Carlos and Hector Flores of Las Capateras, a powerful band from East LA that crosses and blends various styles and genres from Afro-Mexican to rock to hip hop to soul to punk to cumbia and many more. They performed with legendary artists such as Common, Lila Downs, Oso Motley, and Los Lobos, just to name a few. Denise Carlos is lead vocalist and lyricist for the band and holds her master's degree in clinical social work. Hector Flores is an artistic director and co-founder of Las Capateras. He also was an organizer for over 10 years in East and South LA before transitioning to his career as a musician. Enjoy the show. So we're here with Las Cafeteras today. Uh, big fan of your music, so it's exciting. Uh, we are here uh, with, you know, one of the central hometown bands that we have in this time period, in this period of history. You know, if you go back, you know, in, in the history of the city, not too far back, you know, you can uh, go back to, you know, Richie Valens and his band. You can go back to Rose Royce. Yeah. You can go back to, you know, NWA and the whole crew. Like, there always been bands that everybody in the city kind of knows somebody who's in the band or been around the band or is close to the band. And Las Cafeteras is um, certainly one of those um, one of those bands. So uh, we're here with Hector and Denise. And uh, hey there. Hey. Welcome, 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. So I feel like I've known you all a long time. Can you give us some history? I always like to ask this because I'm a big music person. Uh, where'd you grow up? Uh, sort of what was the environment? And what music was playing in your house? Okay. when you were a kid. Oh, I love it. I love it. Do you want to go first? Yes, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. Yes. Queens <laughs> first, girl. Let's do this. So my name is Denise, and um, I grew up in Southeast LA. Mm -hmm. So Bell, Huntington Park, Maywood. Right, along the 710. Uh, yes, yeah. right off Slauson. Yeah. Um, in Atlantic. Uh, my parents still live there if y'all want to go visit. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up, it depended. On the weekends, if you were doing yard work, mm -hmm. we were listening to rancheras. Because right. my dad was in charge. If we were doing work inside, cleaning the house, my mom had Juan Gabriel, mm -hmm. Rocio Durcal, or some kind of cumbia. So you had to dance and clean at the same time. Right, And right. outside you had to like cry and clean at the same time. So that's a very Mexican thing. So it's just like, get in your dad or get in my life. You want to dance or you want to cry? We're all both. We're Mexican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So my name is Hector Paul Flores. So Paul driving my sister's Joanna Guadalupe. Wow. Uh, I was born in 139 North Humphreys Boulevard in East LA, Santa Marta Hospital, 5.45 p.m. Wow. It's no longer a hospital, now it's a high school, Hilda Solis Learning uh, Learning Academy. Okay. Um, and I grew. I was born in East LA, unincorporated, and then moved throughout San Gabriel Valley. So like, I lived in uh, Monterey Park, Alhambra, Rosemead, San Gabriel, South Amani. Uh, and growing up, the music, um, my mama loves, my mama's a dancer. So my oh. mama loves salsa. My mom loved dancing the salsa and uh, that's what it was about. My pops, who's from Northern Mexico, but like, kind of like Pachuco, Cholo kind of dude, mm -hmm. he loved oldies. So right, like, right. Uh, my first tape was Al Green's Greatest Hits. Wow. My dad loved, you know, Marvin Gaye. Uh, my dad would sing all the jams in his like deep Mexican accent. He was in love. 
uh, with black soul music. Wow. And so it was wow. like salsa wow. and oldies for me growing up. And to this day, you know, uh, even if you go to one of our shows, we always do like an homage. We'll do like yeah, a medley yeah. uh -huh. of oldies. Oh, wow. Uh, and okay. kind of like okay. sort of, okay. and it's dope because yeah. you see the grandmas and the kids sort of like getting into, get it. into yeah. it. It's yeah. really dope. Yeah. You know, I've been trying to get the young people. It's, it's a lost art. You'll appreciate this. Like the young people don't know who Art LeBeau is. Isn't it wild? Yeah, what? like you go like Art LeBeau and they look at you like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. And, and still on the radio. So yeah. I have, I yeah, have I a, think he is still he on, is the, on radio. the radio. I have yeah. a home girl. She has, uh, shout out to Denise who owns Sunday's Best Thrift Store. It's mm -hmm. in, it's in uh, yeah. Maywood. Mm -hmm. uh, she has one in Maywood and one in so Echo Park. Mm -hmm. So she owns this thrift store and it's banging. <laughs> I love this store. These two 17-year-olds walk in into a thrift store and they say oh i love this song mm -hmm. who is this you know and you know what she says hmm. uh that's a temptations uh yeah yeah wow. and wow. i had no idea like, yeah and then Never. the supremes Just, come on next yeah. no Nothing. idea yeah yeah we're we and like who's like now there's no k now there's no k earth Oh, well, Kareth doesn't happen anymore? I mean, they, they, do the, they play 90s music now. Yeah, they're You're play kidding 80s. me. You're <laughs> kidding me. Yeah, they play, so they're oldies now. 90s? Is, uh, oh, my God. 80s, like new wave. Kind horrible. Of stuff. So if you wanted... <laughs> 30 years ago. It's oldies to somebody. Yeah. It's oldies to somebody. In the 90s, they were playing 70s music. <laughs> but we're like growing up in a generation where folks are not listening to, you know, to music from like uh, the 50s, the 60s. Well, that, that's true. I will say when I was in like uh, another big one that just disappeared. See, when I was in high school, Elvis was really big. Ah. Not, I would, cause I didn't grow up with Elvis, obviously, yeah. but, but he that was, was like, it was like an oldie. Like people on k Earth, they played Elvis records. Now, like you would think Elvis never existed or they like, most people don't know an Elvis record. I mean, I don't even know an Elvis record. I just saw a trailer for the Elvis movie coming out. Oh, really? There's going to be a movie. There's going to be a movie. There's going to be a movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what you were just talking about, yeah. I, I just saw the trailer. <laughs> but it's going to it's going to kind of yeah. it's going to kind of like bring it bring it back. Like they're doing all these sort of biopics now. Yeah. Like there's one Bohemian Rhapsody on Queen and yes. on Ray, oh, on Ray Charles. Holiday. So people like if those don't happen, it be, they become lost. Yeah, no, right. it's it's totally, totally a lost art. So I I'm, I'm happy to hear that you all keep them alive through your performances. So uh, you, you grow up Southeast LA, East LA. At what point do you realize, like what's happening? Do you realize like, hey, I'm a musician. Like I'm, this is I my thing. I think I'm still like, realizing this. Is, this is like, my, <laughs> but you know that moment where you're, you know, your head just kind of has a mini explosion yeah. inside. You know, like I'm in politics, I'm in mm. politics, I'm an elected official. I remember when I was in the eighth grade, Jesse Jackson was running for president. Mm. And I was interested, I used to watch the news and my mom was like, oh, I know people who know him, like, we'll go to his next event. And I went to the event and I heard him speak and I was like, I, this is what I'm gonna do. Like this, yeah. I was very clear. And I was like 12 or 13 years old at that time. Like, what was that, what was that moment for you? You know, it's interesting because I always say is Las Cafeteras, we never meant to be a band. Mm -hmm. You know, we actually met doing community organizing work, uh, cultural work. Um, this is who we were. Mm -hmm. The music came after. Ah. And for us, I always say, you know, there was medicine in the music. For myself, it really helped me honor the stories and, and the accent that I carry and um, just that in-between space of being a pocha, being Mexican-American, being a daughter of, of Mexican immigrants. Um, like the music gave me an opportunity to have a voice that 
were always lived inside of me, right? And also, I'm a dancer. I'm a, I'm a Mexican folk dancer, and um, it was in the in the space of writing music and almost defending the stories of of Chicanos in LA and doing this music in Spanglish that I was like, wait, there's a there's a story to be told. Uh, when did I start calling like, myself a musician? Say, what would you say? Like when? Go to that memory. Just. I think it was the Hollywood Bowl, and this was only a few years ago. Because wow. I think for me, I've always and you've you've actually Hector's actually challenged me and said you always say you're a social worker, you always say you're a dancer, but you've been doing music longer than you've been doing those things. Right. So, but you don't. But, but you, you don't identify as a musician, and I think it's because it's my biggest challenge. And it's that whole imposter syndrome thing that, like, I think I just adapted to, even though it doesn't really exist. Um, everywhere I go, I can be an imposter, I guess, if I if I lead with that. But I think it was in the Hollywood Bowl when it's like we're in our hometown, we're in LA, and somebody has said, "Don't put up a sign that says we don't believe in borders." And in that moment, I said, mm. "I am." A musician of my community and of my people and of my city, and nobody can tell me to use this space differently. Right, right. I think that that when I became like yeah, very yeah, you're like I'm a, as much a musician as anybody else who wants right. to say anything else. And right. this this Got stage it. will be mine for these 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I will say what I need to say mm-hmm. about my upbringing and about what I believe we should do in this world. And we we had a rocket. So okay, here's a. And here's it was a, a fucking bomb shot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so <laughs> so you had to get a performance at Hollywood Bowl in order to believe you were a musician. I guess so. Yeah, you know what's dope about the Hollywood Bowl show? So it was two nights. We opened up for the Gypsy Kings. Wow. Two sold-out nights. And after the first night, it was rocking. It was rocking. It was too good. It was uh, (laughs) the Gypsy Kings manager went to the Hollywood Bowls team and said, can you tell Cafeteras for show two to bring it down? Wow. Because they couldn't couldn't bring the heat. And so night two, you know what we did? He Shit, turned it up. It. <laughs> I said, I don't know where y'all from. I think it's France or Spain. Right, right, I don't know right, where you from, right. but we from here. Right. So right, we're gonna right. turn up. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I, I let, you know, just so yeah. you know. I yeah. you know, I mean, dope. I don't want to say no names, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I felt. So, anyway, so was yeah. that connected to? I'm not to get into the to the sauce, but. <laughs> Was that how, how was was Gypsy King connected to the No Borders thing, or was that just the Hollywood Bowl? No, that would think it was a little bit of the, the Gypsy thing. Really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. You and never, you know, yes, and you I never can, heard from him since, I guess. Uh, you know, management management of crews always different than you know. Yeah, band. of the band. That's yeah, true. Yeah, you that's know, true. so like there's management and there's all this politics and you know you don't you don't want to ruffle feathers. But for okay. us, we're here. Okay. You know, this okay. is our town, and we knew exactly what. Uh, we were high, like we're here because not just be, I think more more for me like I'm not the best singer mm-hmm. I'm not the best musician but what I do like I'm a performer mm-hmm. so on you the are. stage I'm like yeah. I can capture an audience yeah. I can engage I can I reciprocate energy and because that's what I did as an organizer right as an organizer and, and y'all know this like it's about relationships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so when i used to get dropped off a neighborhood and go door to door knocking yeah when you knock on the door you have 15 seconds yep. to authentically connect with somebody in a way where they believe you trust you and will listen mm-hmm. to another 15 seconds so if you're not real if you're not real in 15 seconds people can smoke it out it's done <laughs> it's done and so for me like that has I was trained to do that, and as now as a musician, as a, as a performer, I use those skills as a way to get folks to chant with me, scream with me, dance with me, get up with me, feel with me, connect. And so like, mm-hmm. and that sort of it's been dope because I don't, I was never trained to do that, 
but when you train as an organizer, we get trained to wear many hats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so that brings me to the, to my next question. So you all have this great synergy that is really, you know, become a tradition in this country, especially in communities like ours, where we have artists, you know, activists who are artists or artists who are activists, depending on where you see them. You know, so whether it's, you know, Aloe Black or, you know, a host of other people that just, you know, they dig in. Whenever you see them, that's how you see them. And we've got the tradition of Ozo Motley in this city. People don't even remember this because the record company made them put Fergie in there. (laughs) But, you know, the Black Eyed Peas was like was a band like like Black Eyed Peas. You would see at protests Mm -hmm. and community events, really. I just uh, had a great interview with Black Eyed Peas with Will I Am with Talib uh-huh. uh, Kweli's podcast. Oh, really? Okay, I got to check that out. He talked about being like one of the only Black dudes in Boyle Heights because he was yep. raised in Boyle Heights. Yep. But how the biggest song uh, is was really a call out for solidarity and against like white supremacy. That's right. That's right. You know. That's right. And so, um, where is the love? Yes, that's right. That's and what where is the love is like, about. Oh, that's a mainstream song, but yeah, no, it's li- not. Listen mainstream. to the yeah. lyrics. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, he says no to the KKK, to CIA, and I was then like. Yeah, bro, you 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 are right, man. You put y'all, y'all put um, what I would say medicine in the menudo. Yeah, you know, say like you put medicine in that soup, so people love it, jam it, and that song was played all over the world. But like it, it was it was a message, and it's yeah. powerful, you know. Well, they they are definitely an example of where a corporation got a hold of them hmm. and completely took the medicine out of the menudo, right? Yeah. Like so, you hear them now, and you don't even you can hear the lyrics. And it doesn't even hit you the yeah. same as it did when they were performing, yeah. you know, in Alvera Street at a May Day rally or whatever, which is, you know, how I, I would always see them. I remember kind of thinking it was weird when they became famous. Mm. So I was like, wait a minute, Because you guys? saw the, I mean, yeah. you saw the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, those guys on yeah, yeah, yeah. TV? Like, what's I'm going on? I'm sure a lot of people think that about us. <laughs> I went, well, I went to school with Taboo's cousin. So oh, okay. Taboo's cousin. Okay. So okay. I remember at Quiet Canyon. Yes. It was like her quinceanera. Okay, it was Celeste's quinceanera. Yes. And this guy, and then Taboo comes out. He's like, I'm going to sing a little rap for my, yeah. my cousin. And I was like, and everybody, you know, we're... Sh- Back then, we're talking smack, and we're like, yeah. oh, man, this fool thinks he can rap. Right, right, right. We're all talking smack from the back, and we're like, oh, that dude can rap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, savage. <laughs> like, we're all eating with our salad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your rice pilaf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, uh, Hector, you and I met, I think you were at... ICS. ICS or Scope, or one of them. Ah. You were we, doing work. I mean, I, I, because re- you were involved right. in our campaign to get the college prep courses. Uh, as a volunteer. That's right. Okay. As a okay. volunteer. Okay. I was part of the new schools campaign. Oh, that's right. The right, right. Yeah. Getting the money for new schools. Yeah. So new schools campaign as a volunteer. I got hired onto Scope right out of college. Wow. Um, in two thousand five. So I went to go work under Anthony Thigpen. Okay. In South LA, and they were doing that was the. They were trying to save uh, King Drew Hospital at the yep. time. Yep, 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 um, yep. Which we won. Which we won that. Yeah, it's and I was working thing. under Sabrina Smith. Wow. I worked with Carla, Alejandra Marroquin. Uh, it was dope because there we had a Nicaraguense organizer, we had a Guatemalan organizer, uh, we had Black organizers, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's where I was trained on the power landscape. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the power uh, science of numbers. I yeah. was trained very well so then when i went to east la inner city struggle as a they hired me on as a youth organizer yo i i employed all those tactics wow and wow. uh wow. and wow. i was able to i remember I, my first meeting i had 
230 students at my first lunch meeting. Mm -hmm. 230 at your first high school lunch meeting? I, I employed all the That's tactics. Impressive. Yeah, I remember telling that to Coco. And they're yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like Lucy. I remember telling Lucy and a bunch of the organizers, yo, man, yeah. I, I, had a, I had 130, yeah. uh, 230. They're yeah. like, that's it's good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. Like, that's what yeah, everybody yeah, else does, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I phone banked every night, you know, like, wow. I, I, you know, all those wow. things. But yeah. anyways, yeah. I was trained as an organizer and I did that for eight years. And uh, and Denise, you know, Denise was the director of the Gender and Sexuality Center at Casa de Ley. We also did like, um, we're also part of the South Central Farm, like trying to say the Oh, South that Central whole fight? Farm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so you were at Cal State LA, mm -hmm. Denise, before Dr. Abdullah, or you were during. you guys together? During, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, so we did a lot of work, uh, the, the Gender and Sexuality she was Research in the, Center. She was in Women's Studies, right? She was uh, in Women's Studies, but also the the, the chair of the Pan-African Student, got it, the Pan-African Studies got Department. Got it, okay, okay. Yeah. And so they did a lot of work with the cross-cultural centers, yeah. which was the umbrella of uh -huh. the Pan-African Student Resource Center, the Gender and Sexuality and, Resource Center. And how did you land there? Like, how did that how did that end up being the place you you started your your political work? You know, I actually started as a high school student. My oh, sister wow. used to work there in, as the women's and the women's resource center. Okay. And she was, you know, a hardcore Chicana feminist, and she's five years older than me, so she would take me to protests, she would take me to, like, abortion rights rallies, um, all the Riot Girl shows, and so I just kind of, like, followed in my sister's footsteps, started working there as a volunteer, uh, as a high school student, and then as a, as a student, I was a student there. Um, I studied social work there for my bachelor's. Okay. Worked there, and I went to Chicago for my master's degree. Okay. Uh, and I did work for like community mental health. Nice. And came back, actually came back when Hector got arrested at the South Central Farm. Okay. Because we were dating at the time. Okay. And I was like, Ooh, my man got arrested. Like, I need to go back. Also, my community Shout needs me. Shout out to exes, stay friends. Shout out to everybody out there who still makes it happen. No, I'm like, also, I wanted to give back to my community. <laughs> but this was a time when I was actually already working as a, as a psychotherapist in Humboldt Park there in Chicago. Um, and it really was a, a kind of a crossroads for me, right? When I'm mm -hmm. looking at this understanding of, of, um, of trauma in our communities, of what's happen happening in our communities and in this country at that moment, and how I could serve, right? How I was dealing with it as someone that was surviving it, but also what do I do, what do I have under my capacity to make any difference in this world? And so I thought that during this time when I had so many friends that were um, living in these tree in the trees in South Central Farm, and this was a moment, I grew up off Slauson, and this was something that was happening so close right to where there. I grew up. And for me, it was this aha moment of like, I can't just utilize these tools to, to convince myself I'm making a difference. I need to come back to the place that raised me and really be part of the unraveling, right? right of right, the constructing right. and coming back. back to this for sure. And that's, that's and so at the South Central Farm, every night they would have like visuals. So that every night there was poetry, there was spoken word, there was hip hop. And then there's this style of music called Son Jarocho, uh -huh. which is this like Afro-Mexican style of folk music from Veracruz, Mexico. And it would be out there and it's like, it was so communal, it was so dope, people singing, dancing. And I was like, yo, I want to do that. Wow. And they had a big fundraiser, I remember. Remember that big fundraiser they had? Huh? A self-help graphic? No, no, at the, at the, at the, at yeah. the farm. 
and Zach De La Rocha from Rage Against the Machine showed up. There was like Quetzal was playing mm -hmm. with a group from Mexico. And then Zach started rapping over Son Jarocho. And I was just like, yo, I want to do that. You, like uh, your Jesse Jackson yeah, moment? Yeah, you know, yeah, like that yeah, Jesse Jackson yeah. moment? Yeah. I saw Zach De La Rocha rapping to Son Afro-Mexican folk music. And wow. I was like, I, I want to do that. Yeah, that'll that do is. it. That'll you do know? it. And so that's how we started. We started learning how to play at a community space called the Eastside Cafe in Northeast LA. Yep. And we did that for eight years. Like I, we I'm had happy. careers. You all did. Hobby. You all did that eight years, like two, three nights a week. Yeah, oh, no, uh, on the weekends, and uh, then we would fly to Mexico, and then we would actually bring elders, like musicians from Mexico. Oh wow! To, like, so it was this like constant international sort of like communication and 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 supports and learning mm -hmm. and um and then here's the, the long story short we start <laughs> we play everywhere we play marches quinceaneras we play coffee shop we just wanted to play and before it was like a group of us like 25 30 of us just playing all the damn time and then um we would start playing everywhere we opened up for a homegirl named carla morrison she was this up-and-coming artist yeah and um a japanese homeboy named shin uh -huh, was at the uh -huh, show uh -huh. and he's like y'all want to go to japan wow and we're like uh, yeah, because he's taking like, <laughs> there's like this whole Chicano Latino culture in Japan, and so he's he's taking he's Chicano. Like an right? He's an like ambassador. Like he kind of takes Chicano Latino mm -hmm. culture to Japan for like these sort of residencies and shows. And then he asks us, "Do you have a website?" And we're like, "No." He's like, "Do you have an album?" I'm like, no. of course not. Do you have a Do you have a music video? No. Only my quinceanera video. <laughs> and he says, "Give me those three things, and I'll take you to Japan." And Long story short, we put together an album, but in in, in, in getting ready for that album, we I actually showed up with a song. I said, hey, I actually wrote a song. It's like a cumbia. And someone else came, oh, I wrote something else too. So what became like a four-song EP ended up being like, four-song EP to get us to Japan, ended up being a 10-song album oh. uh, of like half originals, half uh, traditional songs. And we never went to Japan, but that put us on the path mm. to actually becoming this oh, wow. musical to project. Become a, cause yeah, because I know I feel like at Community Coalition we booked you all the first Power times. Fest or something power like that. Yeah, yeah, the first Power, power fest. fest, maybe one of the gala dinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like, is Bro still organizing or is he in a band? Like, he was like, at what's, that point. What's yeah, happening? Yeah. Like, we were trying to live that double life. Okay, uh -huh. don't tell ICS, but what I did for about a year before I left. Uh, so Maria Brenes was uh, running for uh, school. Hey, we all we all rooting for District you, school two? board. I've endorsed I've endorsed Maria Brenes for school board. So we're throwing. So have I. So have she I. Was, she was we have boss. endorsed Maria Brenes. Her so husband she, was my boss. Yeah, yeah. So for a year. I would like some. I, we if we had tours, so we started getting called from Chicago, uh, from Texas, because we released our album uh, in 2012. So we would call in sick on, you know, we do red I eyes Thursday too. night. Uh -huh. We call in sick Friday. Oh do my a show gosh. Friday night, Saturday, oh Sunday. Gosh. Red eyes back. We'd be back to work, to work at 9 a.m. And we did that for like a year, you know, do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did that and we said we can't do that no more, but we wanted it. We had no kid, nobody had kids. Yeah. We all, nobody was married. We're all anti-marriage at the time. We're young 20s. It's a colonial thing. We were trying, we trying to do that. Anti-establishment. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're trying to break the chains of the colonial marriage system. So none of us were about that. And we're like, yo, if we're going to do this thing, 
let's do it now. Yeah. And uh, and we and we did it. And wow. there's no way you're gonna know if you can walk on water if you never leave the boat. Oh, that yeah. was hard. I was the last one. I was like, no, holding on to my 401k, yeah, health, yeah. health insurance. Oh, because you were you were working for the government, yeah. so you had like a good <laughs> you had a good job. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like me and Hector working for a nonprofit. <laughs> like you had like a health care and a pension. I did. That was nice. <laughs> and that's a uh, and then ago. that was a that was the thing that started starting started us off and little by little um, but I went from like maybe like, I don't know 60k a year to like 15k Wow. That first Try telling your immigrant parents that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, had to move into Section like, 8 housing with my came aunt. Here. This is yeah. not why we came here. Yeah, yeah. this is not why we came here. That was a big conversation around yeah. the Sunday dinner table with my parents. Mm. Was like almost like, how dare you do this to us? You're yeah. you're the American dream, and right, now we're right. like that. You know, that was a very heated <laughs> like conversation. Like you went to college, and now you went to college less twice. Yeah. You're still paying loans. <laughs> like what? I know. But I want to say, ten years later. Here I am, and just exciting news. We just, uh, uh, me and my wife just bought our first house. Clutch, oh, yeah. Wow. In the city? Uh, East LA, baby. Wow. Where I was born. Where I was born. I did it, mama. Yeah. I did it, mama. Yeah. I did it. As a musician, mama, I know you didn't think it was possible. One of the beautiful things in hearing you guys talk about your origin is that it wasn't about the music, it was about organizing and connecting in that way. How would you guys say you incorporated that into the music? Because it's very clear. Oh. It's it's political. It's oh, very yeah. and, and very politically strong in a very um, in an organizing way, so to speak. In fact, your song "Georgia on My Mind" that you guys flipped from the Ray Charles song, um, you are organizing in that song. Yeah. You're you're, mm. galvan you're galvanizing people to vote in Georgia. Yeah, I'm I'm dying to hear this song because you all basically took a hillbilly. The original song is a hillbilly song mm. that, you know, as our people do, Ray Charles took and flipped and made it into something else. Yeah. That mm. no, when, so when you say it's a hillbilly song, nobody even thinks that. Because yeah. mm -hmm. he owned the song. Like La Bamba, right? Right. Like or, or like La Bamba, right. Exactly. Yeah. Which was a rock and roll record. Mm -hmm. um, and then you all took it and made it into this hillbilly hip-hop trap cumbia yeah i just my head exploded yeah and, and all of it to help turn georgia blue and it happened and it happened exactly. with my classmate i mean rafael, <laughs> rafael warnock and i were at morehouse together. ah yeah. Yeah. is oh, that wow. right yeah, that's right that's the right. brother's running again correct? he is running he's up for re-election yeah. we feel good we yeah, feel yeah. good about it oh yeah. that's good and yeah. um and we did it in, in with uh, New Georgia Project. Yes, we did that's it with right. New Georgia Project. Uh, shout out to Big Bowl of Ideas, who was mm -hmm. able to make the connection. Uh, we actually did a song before that in the quarantine called Long Time Coming. Yep. And again, inspired by Sam Cooke, sort of yep. call to action, mm -hmm. you know, and we brought in different dancers and artists. Uh, shout out to, to, Scarab. to Scarab from Living Legends, who dropped a dope piece on there. And so because of that video, um, uh, big bowl of ideas who helped us make that happen. Connect us to New Georgia project. Who's um, organizing Latinos? The South mm. is yep. not is one the fastest growing. That's the growth, yeah, of Latino population in the country, right? Mm -hmm. So North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and they said we need some. They asked us to the word wording was Latinify. Yeah, Georgia on my mind. Can you do it? And I said no. Yeah, but I can pull together the team that can. Yeah, and mm. so that was. It was, I was talking to you, it's like, it was scary to take a classic like that. Yeah. Right? And, and but it was also the challenge, like, yo, who's gonna do it but us? Right. Right? right Who right, else right, understands right. the politics 
the culture. And so we did, Gumbia is actually Afro-Colombian. Like, Gumbia yeah. is Afro-Colombian music. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So then trap is from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. yo, that makes it Afro-Colombian, trap, let's put mm-hmm. together the black, the yeah. black diaspora, the African diaspora, and mix it in, you know? And so, because I've been to the South. And in yeah. South, they don't play, you know, they're not rocking Las Cavaderas. So the only Latino music that they do in the South is either banda, right, for all the new immigrants, or or like all the young, all young raza, they love the hip hop. Oh, really? Or, and okay. or cumbia. Okay. So it's like banda or cumbia is what's popping. Banda and cumbia. So I knew if we're going to do a song, it has to be cumbia. Yeah. And then like cumbia is Afro-Colombian, dope. Gotta, we got to throw in trap. And right. so we were able to put together a team. Shout out to Quetzal. Uh, from, oh, oh not the uh, Quetzal Guerrero. Oh, okay, okay. From, uh, from Tucson. <laughs> the other Quetzal. This is another one. Oh, yeah, Quetzal Guerrero from Tucson, uh-huh. Sergio uh, Mendoza, and David DeGroove, me, the producer who put it together. And so um, that's kind of what we want to do. We want to be able to, uh, we're part of a legacy of moving artists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not the first ones. Yeah. You know? And our job is to make sure we're not the last. And the way you do that yeah. is you make yeah. banging music. Mm. with a dope message. One of yeah. the things I don't want to get lost in what you just said, especially you talked about Latinifying uh, that particular song, or is the fact that you also made sure to show respect and acknowledgement and celebration of black culture. Yeah. And I think that's an important testament to your music as well, is you're very open about that. And it's very clear in the music that you make that you want to make sure that um, the African diaspora, um, including African Americans, is included in that. Why was that an important part of the work that you do? Because it's very like blatant in almost every song. <laughs> it was the first question you asked, Mark. Like, what, yeah. what music did I grow up listening to? Yeah. I grew up listening to black soul music. Yeah. Mm. So for me, my my heroes and sheroes and music and culture and cinema have been black folks. And the reason I fell in love with Son Jarocho, this style of music, folk music, is because it's Af- it was unapologetically black. Mm-hmm. There's a song called La Morena, which honors it's an mm. honors uh, La Morena, the dark-skinned woman. Yeah, you know, like in a lot of the verse, the verses and the poetry, it honors the history, the Black history of Mexico, which until ten years ago was not acknowledged. The right. third That's root right. of Mexico That's was right. not acknowledged. So That's for right. me, I was like, as a movement kid, and who, like, like all the rights I have, and we that we understand today, like Black folks did that fight. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. did that fight like yeah. black folks, brown folks, queer folks, trans folks, mm-hmm. you know, like and so for me, it's it's so important. It's so important to make sure folk that we, I don't, it, a lot of times I don't say I play Son Jarocho, I say I, I play Afro Mexican music, yeah. so people connect. Oh, oh, there's. There's black people in yeah. Mexico? Yeah, yeah, there is. And yeah. they came up with a lot of this damn music. And you have to take the opportunity to, to be able to talk about it, even if you don't look like yeah. what you're talking about, right? Yeah. I think it's specifically important when we have audiences that are majority Spanish-speaking uh, mm-hmm. uh, immigrant uh, older folks, right? When you hear a lot of, like, brownish people on stage talking about Black Lives Matter, like, it hits different, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's so easy for us to say um, you fronteras. I don't believe in borders Ta- yeah. immigrant rights like this is the stories that we carry and the traumas that we carry as, as a community and so it's it's very you know tangible the experience is tangible mm-hmm. for elders in our communities or for young people too um, but I think specifically when when we talk about it being Afro, Afro-Mexican music we don't just say it's Mexican traditional music like we're very clear that this is a music that comes from um, 
slavery in Mexico. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that there was a mix of, of indigenous, Arabic, African sounds, rhythms and beats, as Hector says, but also the experience, the lived experience, the lived traumas, and how that bleeds into the country where our parents are from. Yeah. And how then that bleeds into the culture of our families, yeah. being like not wanting to talk about certain, about color, about privilege, mm-hmm. because we then, as we come into the United States, our identity is surviving uh, racism, right. white white people, white policies against us as Mexicanos, right? And as someone that comes from that kind of family experience, mm-hmm. I only, it's almost like I can only talk about that experience, right? But then how do I then talk about utilizing this music that has then given me a history lesson, but also allowed me to have a voice? Like, I have to honor where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I have to honor that Son Jarocho, you know, although I didn't grow up with this music, has now been my medicine, my vehicle, our teacher teacher of the histories of this country, of the country that our parents are from that still don't talk about it. Yeah. Right? So we get we get to go all around the country and we go on stages at our world music, Mm -hmm. right? We're like representing Mexico. And so people are still confused, like, wait. Like, you don't even speak Spanish. We're like, no, because we're in the in-between, right? We're all like intersectionality. but it's so powerful to say, like, we're reimagining what it means to utilize this kind of music for sharing these kind of stories. But we also have to honor the legacy and have to build differently. And music is a tool to build. And that's so significant. And I think what you do and have done in your music and in your work is so significant because there's a lot of disconnect mm. that occurs in black and Latino communities here in LA. I mean, it's historic where there's people talk mm. about it for decades, right? Mm-hmm. But what you guys do in music to me connects that. I didn't think of it that way until I started listening to your music and I was like, wow, they're really connecting black communities and black history mm. with the music. How do you see that translate in other ways, not just in music, but in ways that we can connect? Ooh. How do we, so say the question again. I want to make sure. Outside of, so I know that you guys are blending it in music and it's something that, you know, that's people do and artistically speaking, Mm -hmm. but how can we translate that outside of just art? How can we take that message that, that, um, the stories that we're connected? Because we, when we did our pre-interview, we talked about like the the Moorish empire and how that was how the Costa, the the Costa paintings Mm -hmm. depicted black people in even the Latin American history, but we don't even talk about that or know that. So what are some ways even outside of well, music? And, and I'll give the example that I mm-hmm. hopefully both of you all can relate to. You certainly, you know, at Community Coalition, one of the things we really pushed was blackbound solidarity in mm-hmm. South LA and getting people working together. And so there's an extent to as an organizer, like you say it, you have the slogans, you get people together. But what happens is after a while as an organizer, you all see this, and I'm curious if you see it as artists, after a while as organizers, what you see is the people that you bring together, they go off and do their own thing. Like that's not, and they're not out screaming like black, brown, this. They just are doing it in real life, mm. in real time. But you know that wouldn't be happening if we hadn't mm. pushed people together and gotten people to see the value in each other and the value in solidarity. Mm. I mean, right, I think there, you know, it's interesting because as we travel the country, mm-hmm. we realize, I, I realize, like when I go to the Bay, yeah, it's less segregated than LA, and yeah. there's just a lot more mixing in like mm-hmm. Oakland yeah. between South Asian folks and like yeah. Raza and Black folks uh, and Middle Eastern folks, and I'm like, yo, there's like there's they're less segregated, so there's a lot there's a lot more com. It's 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 
they don't have to talk about it. They, it's, it's, it just happens. It just happens. Yeah, yeah. And then when I go to places like we're in Kentucky, or when I go to places like North Carolina, mm. it doesn't. Yeah. And what what people do is pick out all the reasons in which they're different and they are disconnected. For me, I'm like, I would, what I actually, what I love is, um, I wish we'd have like rice festivals. Like, we all love rice. Everybody eats rice. Everybody rice. eats rice. Yeah, yeah. Jamaicans eat rice. Yeah. You know, red uh, beans and rice. Caribbean, you know what I'm saying? Like, arroz. Latin Americans, yeah. arroz con pollo, yeah. Caribbeans. Uh, African folks, Middle Eastern folks, everybody likes rice. You know what I'm saying? We all love it, you know? And I remember this this homie, um, this Palestinian homie and Israeli homie were like, yo, if we're going to come together, we should do a, like a hummus off. We should have hummus festivals. You know, everybody makes their hummus and we can see whose hummus is best and we can bring folks and have a conversation, but we're not going to have a conversation if, you know, it's food first. Yeah. Mm. Let's eat first. Yeah. Let's identify the ways in which we come together. Like at the end of the day, you know, hippies, I used to hate hippies when they used to be like, yo, bro, I'm worth, I'd be like, hey, homie, where you from? I'm from planet Earth, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where you from? Where you from? And hippies would say that and I used to hate it. But now I'm, I'm, I'm actually really at a point in my life, I'm going to be 40. I've been organizing for over 20 years and I really understand this. I am now, I feel like, understand this idea of oneness that I really want to promote. And this, like, to know who you are, you got to know who you were, you know? Because to know where you're going, you got to know where you at. Yeah. And it's and all connected. Been. And yeah. what we're going, though, is actually full circle is a oneness. The reason we all identify, like, hey, yo, I'm Chicano, I'm this, I'm that. We have indicators because we're not acknowledged as people, our humanity, and our, you know? But I think where we're going is to a place where that's not going to be an issue. And I want to, I want, we need to recognize our spirit and our humanity, right? And that we all love rice. <laughs> right? You're, you're becoming a hippie. Heck I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me answer the question. I do love yeah. rice. I do, and we I love, love rice. rice. And I feel like that's, at the end of the day, like our shows, our shows, when you come to our show, nobody's asking if you're a renter or a homeowner. <laughs> nobody's asking what religion you are. You're just asking, you're, all you're doing is dancing. Do you love music? Do you yeah. love music, yeah. man? Do yeah. you love, you know? And I feel like spaces like that really allow us to like disconnect from the worldly things that separate us to like the spiritual things that bring us together, you know? And I feel like, how do I continue to do that? Yeah. And I know I didn't answer your question in the way that I, I Denise, maybe perfect. maybe you can answer like, it. Rice, girl. <laughs> rice. Rice. That's how we connect. That's <laughs> but food in general is a great answer, though. Shoot. I mean, I feel like I didn't. I don't feel like a powerful person, right? But when we are on stage and we're singing, I think what we allow is this. Um, I always say like this audacity of freedom, this audacity of playfulness and coming back to a childlike place, right? Mm -hmm. Where when mm -hmm. I look out into into the audience and there's laughter and playing and dancing and no one's being perfect and we're not perfect on stage, what I think happens is that people are released from the having to navigate like you know systemic oppression having to deal with their nine to five having to deal with a partner that maybe is not suitable or maybe is abusive not paying rent you know i think it's this escape but also this feeling that it can be possible to 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 live in in a place of joy and how and that a revolution can include joy and self-love and love in our communities i think that music allows a freedom inside yeah. and can also like we we're almost mimicking what we can do outside of that but we 
you know, I, I can't ignore that I go back into a, a, you know, regular life that does include all these things. Um, but I think once we, we stop having to be in a fight with each other, we're able to see each other for who we are. Shout out to, I wanted to say, Ron Finley, Gorilla yes, Gardner, yes. Satellite Homie. Yes. I want to say, he's um, in his sort of like theory of social change, his analysis, uh, one thing he said is, what's been harming us? Food. Our access to food. Yep. What's going to heal us? Food. It's the same thing, but what kind of food? And I, when, I, when I, he said and what, that, and what process do we use mm. to bring it from? Mm. And I, and I, I connected to this idea of, yeah. of, of, of our work and podcasters work and what we're doing here. What's been harming us? Stories. Mm. The stories told about us, yeah. not by us. And to mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And to it. What's going to heal us? Stories. stories. Wow. Wow. That's. And, and we all play a role. And the more, and when you share your story, you give mm-hmm. other people permission to yeah. share theirs. When you do not share your story, you give other people permission to be afraid. Yeah. And so what are you doing? You're giving permission to be afraid or to be free. And as storytellers, that's our role, I see. So I don't know if I answered your question, but Rice. No, you just shut it, you shut it, you shut, you just shut it down. You just shut it down. I, I, uh, I Come got, to Community right, Coalition's Rice Festival. I got, I got nothing else. Uh, and look for a call from this Council District 8's booking team. Because uh, you all will be there. Uh, so we got a little bit of a lightning round that we will do. We ask people uh, questions. You cannot hesitate. You just got to answer. There are two of you. So you got to switch off on who goes first. All right. All right. All right? Uh, three questions real quick. We're trying to build a library. We're trying to build a, a, a reference book of uh, touch points in this city and in South L.A. in particular. So uh, favorite song that represents South L.A. for you? I'm going to say La Chona. Oh, snap. I'm just saying, That's when right. I think of San Sandro yep. and I think of growing up and my friends, backyard, backyard La, Chona. La Chona, parties, carnazadas, like, yeah, La Chona, it's, it's yes. going to be what it is for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it wouldn't be LA without Mexicans, okay. black love, brown I'm pride, and the, the sets, sets again. again. Okay. Hey. All right, all right, hey. to live and die. All right, uh, favorite place to experience music and dance in South LA? I don't 110 know. Freeway. Just <laughs> 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 like that? Uh, I mean, Lemur Park. Yeah, Lemur mm-hmm. Park. Nice, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. All right. And then it's a favorite place to consume or experience culture in oh, South LA. Oh, snap. Uh, in South LA? Yeah. Uh, my mama's Airbnb in Compton. I first yeah. <laughs> My mom's got a cracking, popping. <laughs> You are the manager, right? Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Not free promo, though. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if the the uh, Unite Here Union might get upset at me for advertising for Airbnb. Oh, I don't think it's legal either. So uh, maybe you could cut that out. Yeah, well, yeah there's that. There's yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then uh, favorite place to eat. Oh snap! I'll say I'll drop it. Uh, there's Compton Vegan who's doing great work and that's vegetarian vegan. Compton mm-hmm. Vegan where? Uh, it's a it's a truck. Oh, it's a so truck. They move truck, around, truck. yeah. Okay. But they're on Rosecrans a lot by the Food for Less. Oh, got it. Um, okay. But yeah, shout out to Compton Vegan. Doing All right. Dope work. I mean, I forgot the name, but it's like this grassroots kind of like. Um, Health store and it has coffee. Oh, you're talking about Roscoe's chicken waffles. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, simply wholesome on Slauson. Very, very nice. Well, listen, thank you all for being here. It's a big show, Uh, folks. uh, Go on YouTube, look at their videos. These beautiful images. It's the best of who we are. It's about what we can be. They do a lot of songs you know. They do a lot of songs you won't know. Uh, but all of them uh, come through with the soul 
uh, and the tradition of the all the great uh, movement singers, going all the way back to Woody Guthrie and 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 Grateful Dead and Sam Cooke and Nina Simone to yes. Public Enemy. I could go on on and on, but this is the tradition. Uh, Ozo Motley. Yes, this yes. is the tradition of uh, Las Cafeteras. So. Uh, I want to thank both of you for being with us today on MHD Off the Record. Hey, Gracias. thank you so much. This podcast is going to be awesome. I'm out yes. here with Marquis. <laughs> hey, awesome. <laughs> thank you for listening to MHD Off the Record. And special thank you to Felicia the Poetess Morris of Morris Media Studios in Lamert Park. For more information, please visit MHDCD8.com and follow at MHDCD8 on Facebook. Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to rate us five stars, subscribe, and share with a friend.